We want to move from stress to stillness. From getting to giving. From problems to experience peace. And then finally today we want to wrap up looking at from decorations or the outside appearance to our devotion or the inward relationship with God. I don't know about you, but I do love Christmas decorations. I will be the first to admit that I do not put them up in my house. That is my wife and my kids. When they put the trees up, I sit back and then relax and enjoy it while they do all the hard work. Though, I will admit this, I did wrap our poles on the outside of our house last week. It was one of those things where I didn't want to do it, and I held off, but our kids finally said, we need more Christmas lights outside. So I said, okay, I can do this. I go to Walmart. I get a new box of lights. Because they're new, I didn't test them. Why would I need to test new lights? Of course, they're going to work. So I wrap the pole outside. I'm excited. I'm done. I plug them in, and half of them work. I was very, very upset. But I love the decorations. Again, I don't like to put them up. I don't have the patience for it. So I thought, you know what? As we begin our time together, we need to laugh. All we do is we're serious about everything. Everything's really tough in the world right now. But for the next few moments, let's laugh. Let's smile. And I want to show you some funny Christmas ornaments that you can go online and buy right now. I will warn you, if you put funny Christmas ornaments into Google... You will see many inappropriate ones. So I'm not telling you to buy those, but there are some funny ones that you can find. And let me show you a few of those, like this. Families are like fudge, mostly sweet with a few nuts. Some of you are those nuts, okay? No. That is so true, right? We love our family, and there's a few crazy people that we put up with. But they're our family, so that's what we do. I love this one. Um, there's a mugshot of a cat, and it says, I knocked down the Christmas tree. I've seen that happen on America's Funniest Home Videos. I have little kids. So often, my kid's picture could be up here because the tree starts swaying as they're wrestling on the ground. I'm like, you're going to knock down the tree. Don't do that. The next one I love. Good moms let you lick the beaters. Great moms turn them off first. That is the truth. So if you, all you have to do, moms, if you want to be great, just make sure you turn them off before your kids lick them. I love this one. I survived the great toilet paper crisis of 2020. I don't think any of us thought going into 2020 that we would have to hoard toilet paper, but we survived it. Thank God. And then one from my favorite Christmas movie, Elf, Don't Eat Yellow Snow. Christmas decorations are great. In fact, I love just going and looking at them. Paul and I were just saying tonight, let's go look at Christmas lights and, and enjoy some time with our family. We love doing that. And there's nothing wrong with decorating your home and lighting candles and putting up the wreaths. It's great. It sets the mood. But I wonder sometimes when it comes to Christmas and when it comes to our lives, I wonder if we pay so much attention to the glitz and the glamour or the outside decoration, so to speak, that we lose sight of what it's all about, and it's our hearts before the Lord, our devotion to Him. It's interesting. One of the reasons I love Jesus is that when you read the Gospels, Jesus gets very, very angry. Never at somebody who's lived a ridiculously bad life, who needs Him, He welcomes them in. Where He gets angry at, 
are the people who pray, read scriptures, dress the part, and yet Jesus says those religious leaders, they decorate the tree really nicely, but inside they are dead. That's a scary passage that we need to reflect on today. Just to think about. So what if we come to church? So what if we read the Bible? So what if we pray? So what if we give? So what if we serve? If it's dead on the inside, if our devotion to Jesus is non-existent, the outside doesn't mean anything. The inside needs to match the outside. And the outside needs to match the inside. And so what I want to do is I want to look at one of my favorite characters in Scripture. It's Mary. We looked at Mary and Joseph week one and we saw the stress they had to go through in order to get to Bethlehem. But Mary's character, her response to finding out that she's going to be the mom of the Savior is truly beautiful. And it would be wise for us to follow her response when it comes to following Jesus. So I want to give you three ways through Mary's response to finding out that she's Jesus' mom that we can also pattern our lives in that way. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be there the whole time. And I want to look immediately at what Mary responds to the angel Gabriel when she finds out the good news. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. We see right away in Mary's life, if we want to live a life of devotion, if we want to make sure the inward part of our lives matches what our outside should look like, then devotion begins with a humble heart before God. What's so incredible is that when Mary hears the news that she's going to be God's mom, she doesn't say, hey, uh, Gabriel, let me get back to you in a few days. Let me go discuss some things with Joseph. She doesn't say, wow, that's too much for me. Go find another 14-year-old that maybe could do this. How does she respond? I'm in. It's crazy. I'm not going to admit, I'm not going to lie to you, but I am in. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you say about me be true. Wouldn't that be beautiful if every day we woke up and we responded to God that way? No matter what you're asking me to do, no matter what hardship comes my way, no matter if your will's differently from my will, if we said to the Lord, Lord, I am in 100%, I'm not going to question it, I'm going to trust, I'm going to be your servant. Why don't we do that every day? I wonder if it's because we believe God's our servant. Think about it for a moment. When something goes wrong in your life, or prayer isn't answered, or questions about God aren't answered, how do you respond? It's so easy to say, you know what, God, you don't care about me, or you're not good, and it's so easy to turn a cold shoulder and thus a cold heart towards God. Because we think, God, I want this, this is how it should be, and therefore you need to answer it the way I want it to be. And thus we make God our servant. It's no wonder that so many of us feel like God doesn't care about us. Because we're basically saying, God, if you don't know what I say, then I don't really believe you care. Never once did Mary say, what are the terms? Never once did Mary say, okay, if you're going to do this for me, or if I'm going to do this for you, you need to do this for me. Never once. She said, I'm 
your servant, not the other way around. Whatever you're asking me to do, I'm in. That's how our lives should look. It's how my friend John Serbis's life looked. John Serbis was an incredible servant of the Lord. Sadly, he had pre-existing conditions heading into this COVID crisis, and he contracted COVID and died on a ventilator a few weeks ago. We miss John. John was our lead lights guy at Port Clinton, but every time you would see something lit on stage, John's hands were in it. He was an expert at doing the lights. But what really humbled me as I got to be a part of his funeral service this past week is to hear about John's life. It's one thing to show up faithfully and serve. That's great. It's another thing to understand why he did it. He didn't just light lights in the church. He was the light. There's a story that I heard this past week of John. If you were to go back this way behind the curtain, there's a green room where our worship team is. When they come out on stage, they have to open a door, and there's a, on, there's a sign on the door. It says, it's not about you. And that's a great reminder. Whether you're walking on stage or walking outside your house saying, it's not about you. And somebody on our worship team said, when I read that sign, I think about John. It was not about John. His heart before the Lord was no matter what you're asking me to do, whether it's as a husband, as a father, or as a lead light technician at the chapel, I am in. And that reflects Mary's heart as well. Because true devotion before the Lord begins with a humble heart. It's saying, Lord, I'm in. I'm your servant. Whatever you say about me, may it be true. So this morning, I just want to reflect on a next step question with you, and please ask yourself and be honest. If devotion begins with a humble heart, am I making the Lord my servant, or am I humbly submitted to the Lord as his servant? How would you answer that question this morning? Mary was humble. She did what God said. And not only did she do what God said, she helped other people believe God as well. I love this interaction with her cousin, Elizabeth, as we move on. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am, I, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. And then I love this. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. What we see in Mary's life right here is that humility is partnered with trust. That devotion means taking God at his word. If Mary were to sit down with Joseph and said, okay, let's sketch out the next few years of our lives. And they wrote down their life plan and goals and where they wanted to be in life. 
I bet you anything that they didn't write out, let's be the parents of the Savior of the world. It was not anywhere on their life plan. This was a surprise. And yet, here comes God to her with the miraculous, and she believed him. She trusted him. She didn't know where this was going to lead. She didn't understand everything. She understand the, the, the Hebrew scriptures and what was predicted about Jesus, but she didn't know all that was going to happen. And yet, what did she do? She believed. She trusted. No matter what was going to happen, she was in, and other people benefited from that because she trusted God implicitly. Sometimes it's easy to believe in the miraculous, and actually harder to believe in the mundane. How many of us are trusting the Lord moment by moment? It's one thing to pray about someone in the hospital to get better, and it's another thing to believe God is in the center of your marriage and he wants it to work out. Or trusting God with your kids that everything's going to be okay according to his will. Or believing God with your financial situation, or believing God that he's going to take care of our health scare right now. Those are the things that we need today to say, Lord, I believe you and I trust you. Whether it's big, whether it's small, do we believe what God's word says and are we trusting him implicitly? So my question to you this morning is, if devotion means taking God at his word, believing God, what must I do to trust him right now? I remember about nine to ten years ago, we were launching our Norwalk campus, and Pastor Todd was asked to be the campus pastor. He was serving as the lead of our student ministries at the time, and then there was an opening, and I was serving, my wife was serving, and together we were able to serve student ministries. I, was, I led student ministries, and Paula was right by my side, and it was such a great season of our life. We loved what we did. Every single week, every day, one of us was leading Bible studies, meeting with students for coffee. It was incredible. And then a few weeks after I got this new position, God said, you need to leave the chapel. I'm like, what? Did I have bad Chinese at night? Like, is that what this indigestion is? Is it really you, Lord? He said to me, Eric, you need to go to seminary. Even though you have your dream job now, I want to take you out of that, and I want to take you on a new journey. And I remember telling Paula, and Paula's like, well, I'm going to need to pray about that. Because if God spoke that to you, he surely is going to speak it to me too. And, and she prayed, and we discussed, and we prayed together, and we finally felt like this is the right thing. Very scary. Because we didn't know where we were to go. We didn't know where we were going to live. And so, wouldn't you know it, I started to apply to seminary and I got a scholarship that basically gave me almost a full ride to go to school. And then, a few weeks before we left for Grand Rapids, we were on Paula's family vacation and her family was like, where are you going to live? Like, this is three weeks before we go. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> we had no idea. And thankfully, through the church that I was going to serve at, there was an apartment available at a cost that we could afford, and we lived there. And, and then we drove to Grand Rapids, and Paula's family, my family came and, and, and served us and helped us unpack, and then they left, and Paula and I looked at each other like, what do we do now? We've always been with family, and now we're alone. And by the way, Paula's nine months pregnant. Two weeks later, we had Hudson. It was really scary. But God kept telling Paul, and he just trust me. 
And then Paul and I got into a good rhythm. We loved Grand Rapids. And then God said, I want you to change course again. I want you to change your degree. At that time, the chapel asked me to come back to serve as the high school lead here again. What was really difficult for us is we loved Grand Rapids. And we loved another church that I was teaching at. And they asked me to come on and be there. But we knew that through prayer, we knew we were supposed to come back here. But it wasn't easy. Paul and I both wrestled with that decision. And finally, we ended up coming back to the chapel and trusting God. And even when we came back, not everything was easy. Still dealing with my son's seizures at the time and, and doing a lot of different things, raising two young boys and trying to figure out how to be around family again. It was just a really, really tough season. But then, of course, the Lord said, I have something in store for you. And then Todd and I were given the title of co-lead pastor. And now we can look back and say, wow, it was worth it. But I didn't know that was going to happen. Paul and I didn't know what was going to happen. Moving to Grand Rapids and moving home, all the Lord said to do is trust me. I don't know what you're going through right now, small or big. You can let fear lead you. You can let these other voices call out to you. Or you can hear God saying, I know this seems crazy, but stay with it. Trust me. And I will lead you where I want you to go. So what do you need to trust him with right now? What's so great about Mary, she humbled herself. She said, I'm in 100%. I trusted you. And then out of her life came this abundant joy. You know you're around somebody that humbles themselves before the Lord and trusts the Lord when they are so contagious with their joy. And that's how Mary was. In fact, what we see next is Mary, she, she starts to sing a song. Mary's Magnificat as a response to trusting God. And she says this, Oh, my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Again, we see right here that devotion results in praise. That when you are humbly putting yourself under the Lord and you're trusting him, you can't help but praise God. If you're struggling right now in life or you're not seeing God, ask yourself, am I humbling myself? Am I trusting him? Because when you do, even when life is tough, like Mary does, you can praise him. You can have joy. And she sings this beautiful poem, this beautiful song, praises God for his care and his character. Look what she says here. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy. He has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped the servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Once Mary says, I'm all in, she humbled herself, believed in God, and out came this beautiful song of praise. And the only way that you and I can truly praise God is if we humble ourselves and trust God at his word. So I want to give you that opportunity right now. I'm going to put some statements on the screen that reflect God's character and his care, just like we saw with Mary's song. 
just take the few moments this morning in the quietness of your heart to praise God and thank him for all that he is and all that he's done for you and me. I'll read them out loud and then you can follow along. God, I praise you because you are in control of all things. God, I praise you because when I feel lonely, I am never alone. God, I praise you because you're trustworthy. God, I praise you that when my burdens are heavy, you promise to carry them for me. God, I praise you because you're merciful. God, I praise you because you promise to fulfill and provide for my daily needs. God, I praise you because you are powerful. God, I praise you because you don't hold my past against me. Rather, you have a purposeful future in store for me. God, I praise you because what is that character quality or that way that God cares for you that you want to say, thank you, Jesus, I love you. That's how I want to end our service. By singing the chorus that we sang earlier, Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one that our hearts adore. Let's sing together. so much for joining us this morning. Have a wonderful day. Greeters will be around to dismiss you shortly.